I'm going to share a few thoughts with you today, and um, I'm just going to kind of be transparent up front. Today is probably not going to be um, a typical sermon that I would preach. Um, I just feel in my heart today that I want to challenge fathers. Okay? I'm challenging myself. I'm going to challenge all you dads. I, I feel like if I can challenge a man to give me $55 for an attempt to nearly double his money, then I should at least be able to challenge the men of our church, the fathers of our church, to step up and to take some weight spiritually on their shoulders and carry some things into their family and into this world. Uh, we live, as you know, in a... Uh, a broken world and a fallen world. Uh, just this week, we saw tragedy in Charleston, South Carolina, as uh, inside the safe doors of a worshiping church, um, innocent men and women were um, brutally murdered, and that's the world we live in. And we can't escape that world. There's coming a day um, when we'll be in heaven if we have chosen to follow Jesus, and this world will be no more worries for us. But in the meantime, we have a responsibility to live our lives in such a way that brings glory to God. And so for all of you today, especially if you're a dad, but this will apply to all of us who claim to follow Jesus, if you call yourself a believer in Christ, if you call yourself a Christian, then I want to kind of get in your face while I'm looking at you as a mirror and getting in my face today and challenge us as dads and as a church to step up and be who God's called us to be. So I want you to go with me, if you have a Bible, to 2 Thessalonians chapter number 3. 2 Thessalonians chapter number 3. Uh, this is a letter written to the church in Thessalonica. Um, it's written by a man named Paul. And uh, he is writing instructions to this church that he helped start. And uh, we're going to pick up in verse number 7. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 3, starting in verse number 7. For you yourselves know that you ought to follow our example. We were not idle when we were with you, nor did we eat anyone's food without paying for it. On the contrary, we worked day and night, laboring and toiling, so that we would not be a burden to any of you. Verse 9, we did this... Not because we do not have the right to such help, but in order to make ourselves a model for you to follow. We're setting an example for you, Thessalonians, the church in Thessalonica, specifically in this regard, not to be lazy, not to be idle, to earn your keep, to work for you, for what you have, but in a broader context that we might be a model for you to follow as an example, a model for you to follow as an example. Most of you have probably heard someone in your life say, do as I say and not as I do, because unfortunately a lot of us have this deep understanding that we are not perfect and that we fall short and that we mess up and our failures in our minds discredit us from asking people to follow us. Why would people want to follow broken People? Why would we want to willingly invite people to follow us? And so many of us have chosen, especially when it comes to being a Christian and to following Christ, to allow ourselves to stand back in the shadows and to follow Christ, not specifically from a distance, meaning that we're not close to Jesus, but simply from the shadows, meaning that we haven't willingly invited people to follow us, to say, hey, hey, hey. If you want to follow Jesus, you can follow me because I'm going to follow him wholeheartedly. 
And this is a challenge that I want to give to our church, specifically to our dads, that we'll be men, that we'll be a church, that will live our lives in such a way that the invitation for others to follow our example would lead us to becoming a model for them to follow. See, at the end of the day, we all know that we're not perfect. At the end of the day, we all know that people could look at our lives and they could find things not worth following that would cause us not to be a great example or the perfect model. And because of that, we tend to not invite people to follow us. And it's almost as if at times we tend to live our faith out in private because we don't want people to know when we do fall short. But the truth is, Paul was a man who... Man, he was just bold in his approach to Christianity. I mean, he had this mentality that I'm going to follow Jesus with my whole heart, and I won't always get it right, but I want you to know that if you're following me, I will be a model worth following. I will be an example for you. It's a bold statement for a man to make to an entire church, specifically in this regard when it comes to not being lazy, but in a broader context to following Jesus. Now, I want us to take just a moment and understand uh, some implications of this scripture. When Paul says that he wants to be a model for others to follow, that word model in the original language that the New Testament was written, which was Greek, um, is the word uh, typos, which we get the word type from. Um, and this is referring to a stamp or a seal that's pressed onto papyrus. So in our day, if you imagine like a stamp where you put your mailing address at the top of an envelope so you don't have to write it every time, if you've got a stamp and you leave it, it leaves an impression, it leaves an imprint onto whatever it comes in contact with. If you think of a typewriter, something strikes the paper that leaves an imprint, it leaves an image, it leaves a character. And Paul is saying, I want to live my life in such a way that I want to leave an impression on you that's worth following. Now, impressions can be good or bad. And here's the thing that we fail to realize is that when we come in contact with people, we leave impressions. We leave our mark on the people in our life, the people that we work with, the people that we live with in our family, our sets of friends. We leave impressions on people whether we want to or not. So even if you don't want to invite people to follow your example, and you don't choose to be a model for them, you still leave impressions on people. And this is the tragic fate of the world we live in, that we have celebrities and superstars who don't choose to be role models, but unfortunately they leave impressions on people, and sometimes it's not the best impressions that can be left. And so we have a generation of people who are following people who don't even want to be followed, yet they leave impressions sometimes that are bad, that are causing people to go down a path that isn't healthy for them, specifically when we talk about following Christ and being spiritually healthy. So Paul is making this invitation, and, and I wanted to make sure that you didn't think this is like a one-time thing for Paul, that this isn't just like, I can't believe I said that, I want to take it back. I want to read a couple of other scriptures for you. 1 Corinthians chapter number 4, verse 16. Therefore, I urge you to imitate me, he says to the church in Corinth. I urge you, I strongly encourage you, please imitate me. Imitate my faith. Follow me. Do what I do, and I will be leading you into a place that's healthy for you. 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, one of my life verses, says, Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. 
Do you see the passion and the boldness in Paul? I am so committed to following Christ that I invite you to follow me. Because if you're following me, you're going to get closer to Christ. This is a man who was bold in his pursuit of God, but in his leadership of others. Titus chapter 2, verse 7. In everything, set them an example by doing what is good. In everything that you do, in your mind, you should be thinking of the impression you're going to leave on people. What are they going to do in response to what I am currently doing? In everything you do, in everything you do, set them an example. Philippians chapter 3, verse 17. Join with others in following my example, brothers, and take note of those who live according to the pattern we gave you. I'm laying it all out there. I want you to follow my example. I am so committed to following Jesus. I'm so bold in my faith that I want you, I invite you to follow close after me. Sometimes I kind of hear statements like this and it makes me a little nervous if I'm being honest with you. Right? You hear LeBron James say, I'm confident because I'm the greatest player in the world and his season ends the same week. And you're like, ah, I think it's true, but you shouldn't have said it. Because sometimes when you say it, you can't take it back, and you've got to live with the results. And I, I almost just feel like with Paul, are you really being so bold to invite people to follow you? Like you are so committed that, that you believe if people follow you, they'll be, leading, they'll be led closer to Christ. And I struggle with that sometimes. Because I know my own imperfections, I know my own process, I know my own struggles. I know that there would be times where even in the life of my own kids, I wouldn't be proud that they would follow my example. There's been times this week that I've had to sit down with my kids and say, I shouldn't talk to you that way. I'm sorry. And you know what I think is one of the greatest examples that we can set in the lives of people who we boldly ask to follow us? It's to say, I got it wrong. I'm sorry. I missed the mark. I messed up. I made a bad decision. I didn't do what I should have done. And the grace that people who are following us will learn from our mistakes doesn't outweigh the boldness of inviting them to follow you in the first place. So I think for a lot of us hearing that, if I'm inviting people to follow me, then as soon as I make a mistake, then I'm not worth following anymore. And that will cause a lot of us to say, yeah, don't follow me. <laughs> do as I say, not as I do. But church, let's be a church that says, do as I do. And let's say what we do and make sure the two line up. So I want to end with a couple of specific challenges for us as dads, but as a church all together found in 1 Timothy chapter number 4, verse 12. This is a letter that Paul wrote to young Timothy, who was a young man who was a pastor of a church in Ephesus. And in Paul's letter to him, in the second part of this verse, he says, But set an example for the believers. You, as a pastor, as the leader of this church, you step up, be bold enough to be a model for them, to leave impressions on them that will set an example for them in speech, in life, or some versions say in conduct, in your actions, in love, in faith, and in purity. I just want to take just a few minutes 
and challenge us in these five areas. As men, but as a church. To set an example for those in our life that would be worthy of them following us. And to be bold enough to encourage people to follow us. Even if we don't come out and say the words like Paul did, we should live in such a way to understand that all eyes are on us. That at some point, every decision that we make in life has eyes on it. It may be a child, it may be a spouse, it may be a friend, it may be a coworker, it may be a boss, it may be a coach, it may be a teammate, it may be a teacher. But at some point, there are eyes on you. And whether you want the eyes to be on you or not, you don't have the privilege of making that choice. So knowing that eyes are on you, as dads, the weight of the eyes of our children should motivate us enough. If nothing else that you hear today does, the eyes of your children being on you should motivate you enough to set an example, to be a model, to conduct yourself in such a way that you leave an impression that's worth following, that leads people closer to Jesus. First of all, he says in speech, I just want to ask us a couple of questions this morning. The way you speak and the impressions that it leaves on the people who hear you speak, does it set an example for believers that's worth following? Are you modeling godly language in the lives of the people that you come in contact with? When you've talked to the same company about changing something on your bill and they seem to be incompetent, and you feel like you're going in circles, do you still think about someone is hearing what I'm going to say, and it's going to leave an impression on them? When you're in traffic, the things that you say, when you're disappointed with people, when people do you wrong, when you become angry, the words that come out of your mouth, do they set an example? What impression are you leaving, are we leaving, on the people who may be following us, whose eyes are on us? I think that he used the word speech before the other because our speech and our words, the tongue that we use to speak, has such implications for us in life. In fact, James chapter 3, verse 2, James says, For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word... He is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. James would say, if you could conquer your tongue, you'll be perfect. If you can say only godly things, then life's going to be a breeze for you when it comes to being a model example for people to follow. He would go on to say, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. And if you're like me at all, that slow to speak isn't always an easy thing to embrace. And I want to challenge us, dads. The way you speak to your children, the way you speak to your spouse in front of your children or when you don't realize that they're even listening to you, the way you speak to others, if you at all times imagine that there were eyes on you and you never know when eyes are on you, would you speak differently? Would the words that came out of your mouth look and sound different 
If you simply said, I want people to follow me, and because of that, it's motivating me to speak differently. Paul would say to Timothy, set an example for the believers in speech. I'm challenging you, especially you dads. I'm challenging myself. The way we speak carries life or death. The words weigh a million pounds to people who hear them. Let's be people who speak words that leave an impression worth following, that sets an example for others. Easier said than done, I know. He goes on to say, in life or in conduct. The way we act in front of people, when we know that they see us, can sometimes be different from the way we act or we conduct ourselves in life when we don't believe that people are looking at us. I want to challenge us, fathers. Let's close that gap. Let's live life so passionately pursuing Jesus that we invite people to watch us, that even when we don't think anyone's watching us, we still, in the back of our minds, realize that someone could be watching me. And so I want to conduct myself in such a manner that's worthy of setting an example. All you have to do is go to a, a grocery store parking lot to see this take place. One of my pet peeves is when I see someone coming out of a grocery store with a shopping cart, and they go to their vehicle and they unload their groceries into their vehicle. And I'll see them, they'll, they'll look, you know, where's the little station where I go and put my cart? Oh, wow, it's, it's 30 feet away. And I'll see people just slide it over, get in their car, and leave. And it makes me angry. I don't have to pray for me. I have issues over things like this. <laughs> I'm like, are you that lazy that you can't walk 30 feet so that the, the guy, the girl that's working here is collecting those shopping carts that put them where you took them so that you could go and conveniently get groceries without having to carry every item in your arms, has to go around and collecting these things. Anybody ever had a shopping cart hit your car? Put it where it goes. Right? It's a simple action. Conduct yourself with order and decency. That's, I mean, that's, that's a silly thing. But it has implications on the rest of our life that carry huge weight. That when we're sitting in traffic, or when we receive bad news, or we're disappointed with someone, the way we conduct ourselves, the way we act in life, carries potential to leave an impression, either good or bad. And we have this responsibility to ensure, to make sure that we're set an example in life and conduct for people that's worthy to be followed, that leaves an impression, that sets an example that's worth following in this life. Ephesians 5.25 Fathers, husbands, Actually, let me move on before I read this. In speech, in life, in love. In love. Anyone can love someone that gives them something they need or want in return. Or they can act as if they love someone. But to love unconditional with the love of Jesus is a special kind of love. And so often, 
Our love is conditional, meaning it's based on scenarios, it's based on circumstances in life, and we can be madly in love with someone until something changes in the relationship, and then we feel as if we don't even love them anymore, okay? I don't know about you, but I'm thankful that Jesus doesn't love us the way we love people in our life. He doesn't love us the way that I would choose to love people if it were up to me, because there are times in my life where I don't want to love people. When someone walks into a church building and spends an hour with people in prayer, in fellowship, and then pulls a gun out and starts shooting people, I don't naturally want to love someone like that, right? I'm, I'm on the board of directors for a local organization called the Treehouse that deals with child abuse, and when I hear stories of people abusing children, there's something inside of me that doesn't naturally want to love someone who can harm kids, doesn't naturally want to extend arms of grace to people who have made certain decisions. But I'm to set an example for believers in love. And that love should model the love of Christ, which I have received fully. I haven't earned his love, and I don't deserve his love, and, and there's nothing that I've done that's worthy of his love, but he chooses to love me anyway, and he calls me to love others the way he loved me. Now, let's get personal, dads. In the family, Ephesians five twenty five. husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Do your children see an impression of healthy love at home? Do your kids see a healthy impression that reflects the love of Jesus modeled to them? Do you know that kids gain their understanding of God primarily through their home life experiences? And a lot of people have trouble seeing God for who he is because of the experiences that they've seen at home, right? How can there be a heavenly father that loves me? My dad was never in my life. You see this? And we have this responsibility to set an example for others, for our kids, to love our wives as Christ loved the church. And I think it's safe to say that most of us in the room have had, heard the story of redemption, that Jesus died for the church. It wasn't because the church deserved his death. It was because he loved the church in spite of the church. Do you model, do you leave an impression, do your kids gain a healthy understanding of what true love is by seeing the example, the impressions, the model that you're submitting before them? Set an example for the believers in love, in faith, in faith. I was studying for this the last couple of days, and I got a little convicted. Um, if you know me closely, you know that uh, I love basketball. I played basketball um, growing up when I was younger, and um, I'm still a huge fan of basketball. I love college basketball uh, most, but uh, the NBA Finals just happened, and um, I'm a huge LeBron James fan. Um, unquestionably, he's the greatest player playing in the game today. Uh, it'll be debated uh, for years to come if he's the greatest player ever, okay? My son, Landon, just played his first basketball season. I was privileged to be his coach. 
Okay, my son has a bedtime. It's 8.30. Uh, that may be irresponsible, but we, we put him to bed at 8.30. When LeBron's playing, I say to my son, Landon, you know what tonight is? And by the end of the playoffs, you know what he'd say? It's LeBron night. I'm like, yep, it's LeBron night. He's like, so I get to stay up late? And I'm like, yep, you can watch the whole game with Daddy. And this week I was thinking, like, set an example for the believers in faith. How often do I invite my son into the life of my faith? How often am I intentional about making sure that he sees me reading the Bible and I invite him to understand things that I'm reading in the Bible? How often does he see me praying more than just for the food or for him at bedtime? In confession time here, it's not enough. It's not enough. And if all eyes are on me, am I set an example for others in faith that's leaving impression that's worthy of the calling that God's placed on me? How about you? Are you setting an example? Are you modeling faith in such a way that you would invite people to follow you and have a confidence that they're going to grow in their faith? And lastly, he says, impurity. And our culture has made it so difficult for men especially to live pure lives, referring to sexuality here. But I think that if we'll step back enough to invite people to follow us, then just maybe it'll give us the the courage, it'll give us the boldness to win some battles that we don't always win. To conduct ourselves in ways that are worth following. To model, to leave an impression that would lead our children and others in our life to a healthy place when it comes to purity in their lives. I just wanted to challenge us today I know I didn't give you like a bunch of points and I didn't tell you how to be the best example and I didn't teach you how to fix things that are wrong in your life and some of you might like that kind of feedback but I just wanted to challenge you today to ask yourself a simple question especially if you're a father. Ask yourself the question what type of impression am I leaving on my children? And beyond that all of us what type of impression am I leaving on the people that I'm in contact with. Is it a good impression? Is it a bad impression? Is it an impression that sets an example that models godly behavior and attributes? Or is it a behavior that causes us to want to live life in the shadows and just say, do as I say, not as I do? I wish that We could be a generation, we could be a a gathering of men and fathers who would boldly say to those people in our lives, I want you to follow me. And knowing that you're following me is just going to motivate me to follow Jesus even more than I ever have. And if we'll rise up and we'll be a a group, we'll be a people, we'll be a, a church that will live life in such a way to set an example for others, in speech, in life, in love, in faith, and in purity, then we'll be the type of church that God will bless, and we can have a confidence that the next generation is going to be set up for success. 
And I know that you want that for your kids. I know that I want that for my kids. But the weight of the reality of the future of the next generation lies largely in the hands of parents. And a large portion of that falls on the dad. Let me pray for us. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for all the dads in the room. Thank you for this incredible call for us to live our lives in such a way to leave an impression, to willingly invite people, to imitate us, to invite people to follow our example as we follow the example of Christ, to know that we're leaving impressions on people, and to have a boldness that would cause us to desire to leave good impressions and godly impressions and invite people to follow us. I pray if any of us feel as if there's safety in the shadows and trying to deflect eyes from our lives, if we have a tendency to want to hide behind masks or excuses and cause people to think things differently than are actually true in our lives, I pray that in this moment you would just let a courage and a boldness rise up in us through your Spirit that would cause us to be the men that you desire us to be in our homes, in our families, in our workplaces, in our spheres of influence, and especially in the church. And as we do that, Father, I just ask for your favor to rest upon us, and I ask for your blessing on the next generation. And I pray that you would give us grace when we fail, and that we would allow people to understand that even though I'm not perfect, I still invite you to follow me because I'm going to keep going and I'm going to get back on that horse and start riding again. I just pray for your confidence that we would be able to live in such a way that would reflect in positive light on those who are following us. In Christ's name I pray.